0: Hello everyone, it's Brianna. And it's Caitlin. And welcome back to Corrupted Corrupted Beings. Beings. Well guys, we uh, beat the one year mark. We're like, what Bri, what, like (laughs) weeks shy? Yeah. Okay, so today, I'm talking about Elizabeth Short, aka the Black Dahlia. But after this episode, you're gonna understand why I will not refer to her as the Black Dahlia anymore, because it kind of, did like degrades her in a way. So, Elizabeth Short was born July 29th, 1924 in Medford, Massachusetts to Phoebe Phoebe. Phoebe <laughs> To Phoebe, which was her mom and her dad, Cleo Short. She was the third daughter of, of five girls. At five, her father disappeared in the 1930s, but his car was found near Charleston Bridge and it was believed that they committed suicide by jumping into the Charleston River. Damn. Um, Twelve years had passed um, and during that time... Short was six when he left, okay. and at 15, she was diagnosed with severe bronchitis and had very bad asthma, so she underwent lung, um, a lung surgery, and they recommended that she move to a milder climate, so she spent months with her family in Miami for three years. Ooh, Miami. Um, yeah. So, in 1942, her dad sent a letter to his ma- her mom and was like, yo, just kidding, I'm alive, but I relocated to North, Carol- North Carolina, California, and... Uh, So he faked his death? Not really. He just abandoned his car and they never found a body. So they were just like, oh, he must have committed suicide. But Uh, the river just took his body away. Yeah. But he like begged for her her back and she was like, no, thank you. So then they stopped. what? So she dropped out of school in 10th grade. And in December of 1942, she relocated to California to live with her father, who she hadn't seen since she was six. Um, but they had many fights in that, like, month, month and a half that she was living with him, and so she moved out in January of 1940. Um, she took a job at the base exchange at Camp Cook. It was near, um, Lomp- Lompoc, and she lived with an Army Air Force sergeant who abused her, reportedly. I don't know if there was active investigations into the, into the abuse, Um, And then in mid-1943, she moved to Santa Barbara and was arrested in 1943 on September 23rd for underage drinking. (laughs) And they wanted to send her back to Boston to live with her family, but she returned to Florida only making visits to Boston. While she was in Florida, she met Major Michael Gordon Jr., a decorated Air Force officer at the 2nd Air Commando Group who was traveling to deploy to Southeast Asia. She told friends that he proposed to her in a letter while he was recovering from a plane crash in India in 1945. But... He was killed in the second crash. Which talk about luck. Like, yeah. how often are you in two, two plane, plane crashes, crashes in one war? Like, yeah. come on now. On August tenth, which was a week before the war ended. So talk about luck again. Oh my god. Like, she lost so it. yeah, she like lost the love of her life. So, in Los Angeles, uh, in Los Angeles, which where she moved in July of 1946 um, to visit her friend Lieutenant Joseph Gordon Flickling. Which someone she knew from Florida, and she spent her last six months in here uh, in South Cal. She worked as a waitress, lived in Florentine Garden uh, nightclub. She rented a room there, okay. but I think at some point she moved to the Biltmore Hotel because that's that's where they come into play because that's where she was dropped off the day of the murder. Okay. Everyone t- knows her as like being like an aspiring film star, or whatever, but she never actually landed any acting roles that she was accredited with. So now we're I gonna get into that. the murder. I um, she, was, she wanted to be, and she could have been, but no, she never She never got the opportunity. Her okay. life was cut very short. She was only 22 when she died. Dang, that's our age. Um, so the murder took place on January 9th. or no, sorry. January 19th, or 9th. It's, I think it was the 9th. She came home after a trip to San Diego with Robert Manley, a 25 Mary salesman that she had been dating. Manley said that he dropped her off at the Biltmore Hotel down, in downtown Los Angeles, and was supposed. she was supposed to meet her sister that afternoon for lunch, She's visiting from Boston. Some people say that she uh, used the phone in the lobby Um, shortly after Short was seen at the Crown Grill Cocktail Lounge at 754 South Olive Street, which is only 600 meters from the building. On January 15th, um, 1947, her naked body was found in (coughs) in two severed pieces. Sorry, trigger warning. This is going to get. Yeah, you said trigger warning after you already. Yeah, I realized that. I'm sorry. You just went right into it. (laughs) Trigger warning, it gets pretty graphic. Um, Disgusting from here. Yeah. yeah. So she was uh, found in a vacant lot on the west side of South Norton Avenue um, in the neighborhood of Lamert Park. Betty Bersinger, around 10 a.m., was walking with her 3-year-old daughter when she thought it was a mannequin that was laying in the field. But as she got closer and further examination, she realized, nope, that's a corpse. Um, Poor 3-year-old. Right. How she realized... That. And when she realized what it was, she rushed to the nearby house to call... Um, Short's body was very badly mutilated. It was uh, completely severed at the waist, drained of blood. That's hence the paleness of the skin. The medical examiner said that Wait, she hold on, hold on. Drained of blood? Yeah, there was... Like m- a vampire? Not really. Not like a vampire attacked her, but like how they... Drew, like... Yes and no. So, of all the wounds that she has suffered, it's not a complete shock yeah. that she bled to death. Okay, okay. Um... I'm not saying a vampire drained her. That's not what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah, no, completely drained of blood. Pale, white as a paper, no blood in her body. No blood was seen at the, was found at the scene of the crime. So obviously she was killed, killed somewhere else. Oh my god. That part, that place was never found. So the medical examiner said that she had been dead 10 hours prior to the discovery of the body. So that's putting time of death around the evening of the 14th and the morning of January 15th. Um, The killer washed her body with gasoline. That's important because it's going to come into play later on in the investigation. Um, That's a choice. Her face had been slashed from mouth to ear on both sides. And several cuts um, on the thigh and breast were sliced away. My theory is that maybe the killer bit her and his teeth marks were in her body. So he was using that to cut away so they couldn't link him to the crime. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, but it's in the 1940s. How smart? were people about this kind of stuff back we then. We bit her and was like, oh shit. But, so even then, like, at that point, I'm pretty sure that fingerprints weren't even, a, a, like, a standard practice. Because the only people that had the access to the fingerprints were the FBI. And that's who eventually identified the body as short because she had her fingerprints on file from when she was arrested for being underage. Yeah. So, amongst the, pol- like, I think the first police to get on scene, the first person on scene was Aggie Underwood and she was a reporter. So a lot of the famous photos that you see of the Black Dahlia were from her. She was able to... I believe they were from her. She was able to get photos before the police kind of came and cut everybody yeah. off. So the lower half of her body was found from a, a found a foot away, from, and her intestines were tucked under her butt. What? And I guess because he dismembered, dismembered her like through her lumbar, and it transected one of the intestine, part of yeah. the intestine, so that would explain why it all came out. Yeah, well, I get that, but I'm saying, why was it under her butt? I don't know. Well, he also, the killer also, I say he, because I would think it's, it's a he. Like, yeah. it only makes sense. Um, but the corpse was posed with her hands over her head, elbows bent at right angles, and her legs were spread. Uh, near their body, they <laughs> found a heel print and a cement sack containing, quote, watery blood. Suspicious, to say the least. Watery blood. So autopsy was, on, was performed on January sixteenth, nineteen forty-seven, by Frederick Newbar, the LA, cor- the LA county coroner. 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 coroner you had English. It. You got it. Struggled. You got it. You're there. Um, it reported that she was five. But this is this would happen before they identified her. Okay. So the identification didn't come until later. But she was five five. She had light blue eyes. She was one hundred and fifteen pounds. Brown hair, and very badly decaying teeth. Uh, they found ligature marks on her ankles, wrist, and neck, and in, quote, irregular laceration with superficial tissue lost. That's where the tissue was lost, so that was where the bite marks. Okay. That's where he noted that. And then superficial was also noted a laceration to the right forearm, um, left upper arm, and lower left side of the chest. Um, And the body had been cut in half with a technique called, bear with me on this word, hemicorporectomy which is it is a radical surgery in which the body is amputated transecting the lumbar spine so she was cut between the second and third lumbar spine which is your lower back you have five vertebrae so she was cut right between those two this is overkill well, okay, so it also was determined that cause of death was um, cerebral hemorrhaging from, she had a bruising to the back of her head, and they found little blood in her brain, so they probably think that could have caused it, or she just lost a lot of blood when they slashed her face. So when her waist, yeah. when, she, when her waist was cut, she was already dead. Yeah. So all that was postmortem. Again, overkill. Yes. Correct. Correct, correct, correct. But yeah, so the uh, coroner noted a little bruising, so that means it, it, means it was post-mortem. Um, and she had a long incision from her belly button to, like, the area, like, right above, like, where her uterus would be. Okay. That's not the wording they used, but I dumbed it down because I didn't know what they were talking to. Um, so, her face gashes, um, measured 75 millimeters on the right and 65 millimeters on the left. So, um, the blows of her head came on the front right side of her temple, and I think my theory is that someone hit her on top of the head and to, like, take her to, you know, kill her. And, um, so the cause of death ended up being, um, hemorrhaging and shock from the blows to the head and face. New, Newbar also noted that her anal canal was, um, dilated 45 millimeters, so she could have been raped. But when they took... Okay, when um, you said anal, it was funny. Then it got serious. I know! <laughs> That's why I didn't want to laugh. But y'all made me laugh. They took samples to see if there was uh, DNA or sperm, but they came back negative. (laughs) Um, After that, um, she was ID'd through fingerprints. And then after the ID, the reporters contacted her mother under the impression that her daughter had won a beauty contest, even though they knew her daughter had died. And they just wanted... Personal information regarding the Black Dahlia. Oh, the reporters did her mom dirty and this girl I her- dirty. I, rem- okay. I remember that happening. I, re- I don't remember then, it. I remember hearing about it happening. Oh, you were in the 1940s, Bree? I was, actually. So, <laughs> then, after her mom got knowledge that her daughter was dead, reporters still called and offered to pay her airfare out to help or help within police, police investigation. See, okay, reporters and paparazzi always just think they have more right than they do. Like, they're yeah. always, like, all up in them people's business. So, the investigation... So, here's... I have some quotes from some of the, the articles about the Black Dahlia, and they were just... No. They... <laughs> she got the name Black Dahlia because of a movie that came out, The Blue Dahlia. Okay. And when they think... They thought that Elizabeth Schwartz was a so-called sex worker. Oh. And she was last seen in, like, a black suit-type looking thing, but they, quote, called it a tight skirt and sheer blouse, <laughs> and then they called her adventurous and that she prowled the Hollywood Boulevard and they called this a sex fiend slaying what the fuck I'm googling cheer blouse sheer blouse oh sheer I thought you said cheer no what the (laughs) fuck is a cheer blouse is it one that looks like a cheer top like I don't know (laughs) sure thank you you too Bree said, hold on, I'm Googling kinda, cheer blouse. I kind of want to leave the Amazon guy coming in. That worked. That kind of was funny. That we was are in the garage at the moment. He's like, can I just slide it under the door? It's the fact that Brie said, hold on, I'm Googling cheer blouse. <laughs> I thought you said cheer blouse. Uh, so on January 21st, um, the so-called killer called James Richard, which is the editor of the LA Examiner, and congratulated him on all the uh, news things that like the news, what's the one trying to think of, views, reads that he got or whatever, popularity that he got from the case and then he said that he was eventually going to turn himself in and he, that, that he needed to ex- uh, expect some souvenirs of uh, Beth Short in the mail. On January 24th an envelope addressed to the, med- to the examiner of that newspaper and then as well as the Times I want to say was found by a UPS worker and on the front it says here's Dahlia's belongings and then inside were paper clips paper clippings of the articles, her birth certificate, her business card, some photos, some names on paper, as well as an address book with Mark Hansen on the front. The envelope was cleaned with gasoline, very similar to Short's body. Hmm. Um, Several partial prints were found on the envelope, but they were damaged in transit, so they couldn't be analyzed. This man be loving his gasoline. That's what I'm saying. There was also a handbag and black suede shoe found on top of a gar- garbage can in an alley short uh, a short distance from where her body was discovered. It's the fact that they wanted her to be found. Oh, yeah, facts. They presented but her body her was, There everything. was literally no trace evidence whatsoever. Yeah, they wanted her to be found. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some suspects that they looked at, obviously they looked yeah. at Mark Hansen, the owner of the address book. They found him a suspect. He was a wealthy, wel- wealthy, 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 wealthy nightclub owner and theater owner, and was an acquaintance at whose home Short had stayed with friends. And according to some sources, he had also confirmed that the purse and shoe discovered in Alley were in fact Short's. Her uh, friend and roommate told investigators that Short had recently rejected sexual favors from Hansen and suggested it was a potential uh, motive to kill her. However, he was cleared of the suspicion. They interviewed over 150 men in the ensuing weeks, which they thought were could be potential suspects. Melanie, who had been the last person to see Short alive, also was also investigated, but was cleared after passing numerous polygraph examinations, which technically are not admissible in the court of law. They hold no standing, so you can easily beat a polygraph. Yeah, for sure. He's the last person to see her alive come on now. No, he deserves a little more looking into him, if you ask me. For sure, But, you know, they didn't, so. Um, It's LA police. (laughs) We all know how that goes. The police also interviewed several persons found in the address book, including Martin Lewis, who had been an acquaintance of Short. He was able to provide an alibi for Short's uh, murder. He was in Portland visiting his father, who was dying of kidney cancer. On January 26th, another letter was received by the examiner, this time handwritten, instead of, like, the little gluey ransom notes you remember you see in movies with yeah, like yeah, yeah. the magazine paper okay that was the first envelope <laughs> this one was handwritten he said here it is turning myself in wednesday january 29th at 10 a.m had my fun with police the black dahlia avenger the letter also named the location in which the supposed killer turned himself in police awaited the location in the morning but he never appeared instead at 1 p.m he called the off or he sent another cut and pasted letter saying i have changed my mind you will not give me a square deal the dahlia, dahlia killing was justified for what? Justified for what? Um, by the spring of 1947, which rem- remember she was literally killed in January. Yeah. By the spring, it was already a cold case. They, they gave had up they had few leads. Um, Sergeant Phoenix Brown, one of the lead detectives on the case, blamed the press for compromising the investigations so through proving of details and unverified in reporting. Um, one time, in 1949 in september the la a grand jury convened to discuss inadequacies in the lapc and the lapd homicide unit based on their failures to solve numerous numerous murders especially of women and children in the past several years short being one of them the aftermath of the grand jury further investigation was done into short's past chasing her movements between massachusetts california and florida and also interviewed people in her texas and new orleans however that uh, interviews yielded no useful information about the murder. In 2003, one of the original detectives on the case, Ralph Asdell, told the Times that he believed he had interviewed Short's killer, a man who had been seen in his sedan parked near the vacant lot where her body was discovered at the early morning hours of January 15, 1947. A neighbor driving that day stopped to dispose of a bag of lawn clippings in the vacant lot when he saw a parked sedan allegedly with its right rear door open and the driver of the sedan standing in the lot. He carried... Or, his arrival apparently startled the owner of the sedan, who approached his car and peered in the window before turning the sedan and driving away. The owner of the sedan was followed to a local restaurant where he worked and was also made with of suspicion. What? And we didn't find out about that until 2003? That man could have done it. But he, here's the thing, though. Why would you say that in 2003 if you're one of the original detectives on the case? Why yeah. didn't you say it when you were the te- detective on the case? That's what I'm saying.
1: This what is the ridiculous.
0: Hell? <laughs> this case is so um, annoying. Many people, um, suspect that, uh, a biographer, Daniel Wolf, claims that uh, claims that the publisher, um, Norman Chandler impregnated her, and so that's why he killed her, but there was no proof in the autopsy that she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, George Hill O'Dell Jr. was also a suspect, but he was never formally charged with the crime. He came a white came to wider attention as a suspect after his death when he was accused by his son. Oh, I remember that! Yeah, the, his son, a <laughs> local homicide detective in Los Angeles, Steve Hodel, and committed several additional murders. Isn't to... there a whole book about it? Yeah, about I'm about pretty, pretty sure. Son. I'm pretty sure his son wrote a book about, like, my dad's yeah. the Block Dolly, a killer. Um, prior to the Dahlia death, he was also a suspect in the death of his secretary, Ruth Spalding, but was not charged, and was accused of raping his own daughter, Tamara, but was acquitted. So what he went fuck? to trial and found him not guilty. He fled the country several times and spent 1950 to 1990 in the Philippines. This man sounds guilty as fuck. No. Clear Taylor. Um, several authors, um, say, uh, suspect that the link between the short murder was, um, that of the Cleveland Torso Killer. Okay. Um, between 1934 and 1938, as part of their investigation into other murders that took place and the short killing, the original LAPD investigators studied the torso murders in 1947, but discounted any relationship between the two. New that evidence, a yeah. New evidence implicating former torso murder suspect Jack Wilson, Anderson Wilson was investigated by Detective St. John in relation to Short's murder, but he was he claimed he was close to arresting Wilson for short murder. Short's murder. But he died on in a fire on February fourth, eighteen eighty-two. A lot of people published books saying that their dad did it because he, they like they were all abusers. Um, they were sexually molested people, but it remains uncalled and um uncalled uncalled unsolved. <laughs> and according to paper people, uh, people, she got the name from the blue dahlia. It's because of her hair, the black dahlia. Black dahlia. Oh. Mm- Art, like, most people say it was because of what she was wearing, but that was just the reporter. So, like, people now know because she had the black hair. She was known for having, that like, yeah. dark black hair. I always thought the Dahlia part had something to do with, like, that was her mom's favorite flower or something. I mean, that too, yes, but black part came yeah. from. Huh. Interesting. That case is wild. Yeah, it came out with a movie about the black Dahlia. Because there's two people that, both of them, I'm like, he's it. That's it. Yeah, it's kind of like, I think a police officer did it, retired or not, or someone in the force did it, because, like, obviously she was seeing, um, Robert read Molly, and he was married, so maybe she was stepping out with one of the police officers, and, like, she wanted him to leave his wife or yada yada, so he's like, no, I gotta kill you, but, like, oops, I killed you, let me, like, mess yeah. up the investigation. Or it could be she's part of a group of killings we just don't know about maybe I don't know I still think the torso murders I think that that but are that there lead... any other to- torso murders near her around that time or, or is there, there just a one on we could look up and we could look into I don't know but I also think they need to look more into the guy in the park sedan like if yeah you what literally... the fuck is that I guy? understand I understand you have like eyewitnesses can't be reliable but at the same time if they literally saw this park sedan in the vacant lot with its door open just there's standing, one car one car in a lot with one murdered body and why are you being an original detective of the case just now bringing it up in 2003 more than decades? Yeah. Decades. What, like 60? More than a. More than, like, yeah. More than five decades. More for than sure. five decades. I know. Kind of, of sus if you ask me. Very sus. I don't know. They're never going to look into it though. Nope, they're not. Anyway. But- that's the story of Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia. But I'm not going to call her the Black Dahlia anymore because, you no. Know, it's just rude. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening to our awkward first podcast back in a year. Everyone knows that our first podcast back after so long is always awkward. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on Instagram. Corrupted Beings Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Beings Podcast. And if you have any cases you want to email us. Email us at CorruptedBeingsPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. I am. I remembered. Yeah. Yeah. High Bye. five. Bye.